Hello, and welcome to the Mama Mentor Podcast. My name is Joyce, and here we talk everything life. So, as you've noticed, I've been away for a couple weeks, and that is because I have been sick. Like, really sick. Like, I had no voice. You can kind of hear my voice is still not back to 100%. And just really down and out. Like, really down. Like, lot spent a lot of days in bed, a lot of soup, a lot of tea, a lot of vitamins, um, just really trying to like get healthy again. And I'm still fighting it a little bit. I have good moments of the day and bad moments of the day, but I just wanted to touch base with you guys because I know it hasn't been that long, but it kind of feels a little bit like an eternity. So first of all, let's talk about being sick. Let's talk about what we do from being sick. Now I know for years what I did was I, um, because of circumstances, because I had young children and just other circumstances, I would just try to power through, you know, still try to make the meals and do the chores and, you know, the laundry and the running errands and stuff like that. And, and for some years, it's because I had to, because as you know, little kids just, you know, yeah, they, they, they're just not interested in the fact that you're sick. And so I would power through and I did that for years. And somehow I convinced myself that there was some sort of badge of honor that while I was deathly ill, I was still doing all these things. Like, look at me, I'm sick and I'm still running errands and I'm still, you know, taking people to appointments and I'm still cleaning the house and I'm still making, you know, meals and I'm still doing baking and I'm still doing the laundry and I'm still cleaning the bathroom, blah, blah, freaking blah. And especially over, I would have to say the last five years, I've really let that go. Now, one of the reasons I was able to let it go was because I no longer have little kids running around my house. So my youngest child I have at home is 16. So that's a very different dynamic than if you have like a two-year-old or a two-year-old and a four-year-old, which once upon a time I did a couple of times. But I just let go of that need to just keep going when I'm sick. Because I would see other people who were sick, you know, going, oh, I'm sick, so I'm just going to rest. And I'm going to, you know, have my fluids and my tea. And I'm just going to, you know, like watch a movie or cuddle up on the couch and just, you know, take some naps and eat some soup. And, you know, because I just need to work at feeling better. And I really started to see that, A... First of all, they tended to get better faster. Uh, Second of all, they tended not to be snippy while they were sick. Like they weren't happy that they were sick, but, you know, they weren't, you know, at the end of their rope. And I realized that I was putting that on myself a lot of the times. Like I said, sometimes circumstances did put it on me, but there was lots of times when I didn't need to be doing that. And I just did it anyway. And so... I haven't been really sick in years. Um, so this one really knocked me out. And I was just, and but it, the same old, you know, demons kind of kept in like, oh, you know, you should get some laundry done. You should get some dishes done. You should get, you know. And then I was like, no, I'm sick. I don't expect anyone else to do, like, I don't expect my 16-year-old to do his drawers when he's sick. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm sick. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. And everything will just be fine. And you know what? It's been fine. Nobody's died. Nobody's felt neglected. 
and I've been able to rest how I really need to rest because like I said this sickness was a big one and letting go of that guilt of what I quote unquote should be doing was great because then I really could rest without having my mind swirling around with chores that should be being done that I could just go you know what I need a nap right now or I need to have some soup right now or I need to have some tea right now and just really focusing on that self-care piece of I'm really sick and I need to do the things that need to be done so that I can feel better and that was solely my focus and it was good and I didn't find myself being snappy and I didn't find myself being uh, burnt out because I was just taking care of my sickness not that that helped to get over any faster because like I said it's been weeks and I'm still sick but I don't feel emotionally burnt out because of it and you know what I also don't feel guilty And you know what? My teenager has picked up some slack. And on days when I felt a little better, I did some things. And on days when I didn't feel good, I didn't do some things. And the world kept spinning and everything was fine. And there was not a lynch mob outside my door with pitchforks and burning torches because somehow I was less than as a woman and a mother because I wasn't powering through my illness. So let that be inspiration to you the next time that you're sick just announce hey i'm sick if it's possible like i said i understand when you have little kids it's not it doesn't work that way but if at all possible just be like hey i'm sick so you guys are just gonna have to figure stuff out until i feel better and it's a good opportunity for the rest of your family to figure stuff out because the world shouldn't stop spinning because you stop doing things If you don't cook the meal, somebody should step up and cook it. If you don't do the dishes, somebody should step up and do the dishes. Because everybody needs to have that personal responsibility to take care of themselves and their surroundings. Whether you're an adult or a teenager, you need to take care of yourself. Like if you're hungry and your mom's sick, make yourself some food. If the dishes are dirty, put them in the dishwasher or hand wash them. If your clothing is dirty, put it in the washing machine and wash it. Step up. And if you've never stepped up before, whether you're an adult or a teenager, now's a great time to step up. And if you're a mom and you're like, well, I, you know, I've never given my husband the opportunity to step up, nor my children, now's a good time to do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Because nobody will die. Nobody will die if... The person making the dinner doesn't make it the same way that you did or doesn't do the laundry the same way that you did or takes 10 times longer to do the dishes. It doesn't matter. The more opportunities they get a chance to step up, the better they will get at it because guess what? That's how you did it. You were not born knowing how to make amazing meals and clean the house and do the laundry and balance motherhood and careers and the housework and the gardening. You weren't born knowing how to do all that. You learned and got better by doing it. And sometimes we need to remember that that's the process to getting better is by doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it because then you get better. 
And we need to give our children and the other people in our lives a chance to get better at those skills by giving them the opportunity for them to do it. So even if we're not sick, like even when I'm not sick, my son is responsible for supper one night a week. He has to plan it. If there's anything that needs to be bought from the store, he has to make sure those that makes it to the grocery list because we only do grocery shopping once a week. So he's got to make sure that ingredients that he needs for his cookie night make it to the list or he'll have to come up with something else. And he's got to cook it and he's got to clean up after it. And you know what? He likes it. And he's experimented. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, if we're having dinner with the dessert following it, it is on nights that he's cooking because I don't make desserts usually after supper. But for some reason, he's decided that on nights that he cooks, he's going to do dinner and make a dessert. And you know what? I love that for him because he didn't grow up that way. We weren't a dessert after every supper kind of family. Like we'd have it once in a while, but it wasn't a thing. But he's put it into his dinner routine. And I love that for him. And we've had brownies. We've had uh, cake. We've had different kinds of cake. Um, we've had like brownie sundaes, like just all kinds of fun things. Cookies. He's made some really amazing meals. And because I'm not cooking seven nights of the week, I am able to do a little more experimenting on the days that I cook too. So that I'm like, okay, I'm going to try that new thing. For example, in the last couple of months, if you follow me on Instagram at seven Martians on Mars, you'll see I am really into that chicken orzo bake. And that's something I learned off of TikTok. I never even had orzo my entire life, nor had I ever had sun-dried tomatoes ever. I'd always thought that would be cool though because every recipe I'd ever seen them in I was like oh that looks really good and so when I watch the videos of the chicken and orzo bake some people call it marry me chicken um and I and I must have watched different videos like oh like over and over again like I what weeks of watching these videos until I tried it myself and it turned out really great and I kind of tweaked it for what I want and and all that and it turned out great and that is because I wasn't burnt out by having to cook supper seven days a week. So I could feel like I could be inspired. I could feel like I want to try new things instead of going, okay, let's just get this done and over with. So that's, that's my tidbit on being sick is be sick and just let everyone else pick up the slack. Like I said, unless you have babies and toddlers and then I understand that doesn't work that way. But even if you have babies and toddlers, maybe ask for help from a friend or, or family member, you know, like maybe your mother-in-law could come over or maybe your mom could come over or maybe you have a really good friend that could come over, you know, and just help out for a little bit, you know, and maybe you don't. And I'm not saying, you know, if you don't, there's something wrong with you because there was times in my life when I had young kids and I didn't, I wasn't able to ask for that kind of help too. So I understand what that's like, but if you can do, and don't feel bad that you're asking for help. Because when other people ask for your help, you don't think badly of them. So don't think badly of yourself for asking for help. Okay. 
sick aside. By the way, if you have this, if you're going through this whole thing too, with it's got the sinus, the sore throat, you lose your voice, all that, I'm going to give you a couple of hints on what helps to manage the symptoms because, you know, it's a virus. You're not going to be able to take anything that's going to make it magically go away in two days. You're just going to have to ride it out. But I have a few things that will help riding it out be more pleasant and really help alleviate the symptoms so you're not suffering as bad with the individual symptoms. First of all, for the sore throat portion, hulls, they're in the red bag. They are really good. And you can take them a few times a day. They really kind of coat the throat. They're not hot and burny, but they give a little bit of medicinal release to your throat so that you can, you know, talk, breathe, all that kind of stuff. Um, I would also, I have been using the Laneige lip mask only because I already had it. I did not run out to the store and get it. Although if you can do it, get the pink one. It's a lip mask. And so every night I put that on before I go to sleep, because if you've ever had a cold that is with, it's in your head and it's in your throat, you know that as soon as you go to sleep, what happens is your mouth hangs open and you are mouth breathing and your lips get so dried and cracked that it's like you've like woken up in a desert. So every night before I go to bed, I slather the Laneige lip, lip mask on. And then throughout the day, I just use like a, just like a lip balm, just to keep my lips moist. And that you would be surprised the relief that brings you from not having dried cracked lips. It, it's and, and I would, like I said, Laneige lip mask. I've tried a couple other ones. It doesn't do the same thing. The Laneige lip mask, I specifically, like I said, use the pink one. So my lips, when I wake up, are nice and smooth and they're not rough and they're not dry and they're not cracked and they're not red and they're not sore. So that, so the hall's red for your throat, Laneige lip mask at night for your lips and then a lip balm of just whatever you like during the day. Um... I like to diffuse essential oils when I'm sick and I like to do um, eucalyptus and peppermint and lavender. And sometimes I add a couple drops of rosemary in there too. And just diffuse it. It just, I don't know, it just makes me feel better. I don't care. Like, don't come at me with it doesn't work because if it makes me feel better, it's working. That's, that's the job it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make me feel better. So if I'm feeling better, it doesn't matter if somebody else doesn't believe in it, it's working. Um, lots of liquids. So I, I'm supposed to drink lots of water and I do drink lots of water, but I have a hard time drinking water in its water flavor. So I usually need to add something to my water. So this is a good time that if you're a, a water additive to add things to your water like citrus, which will help alleviate, again, sore throat. It's giving you that extra vitamin C. You can get simply lemon or simply lime and you add it to your water and it's, and it's really good. It tastes good. Plus it, it, it's giving you those vitamin C nutrients that you need. Definitely take your vitamins zinc, vitamin C, those are good. Um, wash your hands lots. And because you're washing your hands so much, a good hand lotion. 
a really like a hemp's hemp's in your favorite scent just be moisturizing because not only are your hands going to be dry because of all the hand washing but even just there's something about rubbing really nice hand lotion into your hands a couple times a day two three four ten times a day depending on how, how much you're washing your hands which ideally of course after going to the bathroom after blowing your nose after touching anything if you go outside come in and wash your hands the whole line uh, there's just something that feels very self-care and very nurturing about rubbing hand lotion into your hands to keep them from getting dry and cracked when you're not feeling good it, it again it's kind of like that lip mask it's like when your hands can still feel soft and supple when you've been hand washing and when you're not feeling good it just it makes you feel that much better another thing too wear socks i'm not a sock person so like if you like followed me around in my real life i wear socks to leave the house in winter that's it I don't wear them in my house. I don't wear them any other time of the year, like literally just for winter and only when I'm going outside of my house in winter. Other than that, I am barefoot, whether it's in a shoe, in a slipper or whatever. I don't have socks on. But when you have especially this kind of illness, there's something about the sock on the feet and I sleep with them on too. Obviously, I'm putting on fresh socks all the time. Like, so I'm not like sleeping in the socks and getting up and wearing them the whole day and then going back to sleep in them. Like I'm changing the socks, but it keeps your feet warm. And, and I, I'm not talking like cheap, scratchy socks. Like I've got really nice minor wool and what's the combination? It's wool and I want to say hemp, but it's not hemp. It's wool and, oh, what is that substance? <laughs> Bamboo, wool, they're minor wool bamboo combination sock. And they keep my feet warm without being sweaty. And again, there's something about keeping your feet warm that helps to alleviate some of the symptoms. If you can't avoid blowing your nose with rough, scratchy things like toilet paper or cheap Kleenexes. So I have flannel like handkerchiefs you could call them and they're for that so you blow your nose them and then you throw them in the wash and then you wash them and they keep it so that you're not getting that cracked red raw around your nose thing and i 100 percent recommend that if you don't have that sort of situation try to get a soft tissue and when you're doing the lotion on your hands just kind of put lotion around the edge of your nose too just to keep again that skin soft and moisturized elderberry and echinacea tea is an amazing tea to drink you don't add anything to it you just make the water really hot just shy of boiling then put it then put the tea bag in it let it steep and i actually leave the tea bag in there while i'm drinking the tea just so it can just get stronger and stronger and i drink that throughout the day to help me feel better and then warm blankets, soft pillows, wash your sheets and blankets frequently to like so you're not stewing in your sick juices. And just try to ride it through. Binge watch some shows, rent a movie on your, you know, like depending on what streaming service you have, you can, there's movies on or you can rent movies. And 
just ride it out and you will eventually get better and try to eat as much nutritional food as you can. And I know it's hard. I know when we're sick, all we're like, I just want a movie and some junk food and a blanket. And that's okay, but try to do stuff like fruits and vegetables and whole grains and protein. Protein is really good for, you know, healing your body. And, but most of all, get the rest that you need and give yourself some grace and don't worry about what else may or may not need, be needing to put on hold and just rest. And that's what I've been doing. And it has helped. I've been sick for a long time now. I kind of wish this would just wrap up and go along. But I've been managing not to have too many days where I'm like super suffering because I've been able to manage the symptoms and keep myself comfortable. And yeah, it's worked out well. Okay, enough sickness. It is March now. How amazing is that? How amazing is that, that it's March now? So I think the first day of March is like the 20th. If I remember correctly, I'll have to look at my calendar. I think it's the 20th when the equinox is, when the spring equinox is. And that's when we are going to have 12 hours of daylight again. And that is, and we have not had that since the fall equinox. And that is amazing. So we're at least getting 12 hours of sunlight a day. And then it's just getting more daylight hours after that. It's super exciting. It's also seed time, seed starting, garden planning, warming up, all of the thing, all of the harbingers of spring. And I, for one, am excited about it. I'm excited to... For the birds to come back that are seasonal, like that are migratory birds, I'm excited for them to return. I'm excited to hear the like the birds that stay here all the time. They're a little more active as the weather gets warmer. I'm anxious to see the trees leaf out and the grass to turn green and to be growing seeds and getting them ready to be potted up and then eventually move to the garden or the flower beds. It's just all wonderful. I'm really looking forward to it. Spring is a great time of year. It's a really great time of year. And if you've kind of felt like the first, because a little bit I feel like this, I kind of feel like the first two months of the year, not a hell of a lot got accomplished. I had big plans. I didn't really have big plans. That's a lie. I really planned on really low key, just taking it easy. I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow mother nature's um, footsteps and just take this time to rest and recuperate and plan and dream and ponder. And I'm glad, and I'm glad I did because now that we're into March, I've got big plans. I've got big visions of what I want to do in the garden and in my house I'm already starting to think of what needs to get done in the house so that I can spend less time doing stuff in the house when the weather turns nice. Because I don't know about you, but when the weather is nice, you will find me outside. Whatever, doing whatever, whether it's gardening or weeding or planning or sometimes just sitting having a cup of tea going for a walk, but there's always something to do and see and plan for outside. And I just love it. 
So I want to kind of tidy up the inside of the house and get it ready so that it can kind of almost take care of itself through the nice season, if that makes any sense. So I have been doing a little bit of this since the beginning of the year of where I'm kind of going through room by room, you know, really evaluating, hmm, do I still need that? Is that something that's still bringing me joy? Is that, is that an, is that something that I really need? Can I foresee myself using that in the next 12 months? And I've been kind of just surface doing that, like not really going deep. But my plan for March is to go deeper, is to really set aside, I think I'm going to give myself two days per room. So it shouldn't take that long. So even if I need to do three days per room, I'll get through my house really quickly because I don't have like 50 rooms in my house. Um, and really do the whole take things out of the closet, take things out of the drawers, take, you know, open bins that might be in storage in that room and really be ruthless because it's time to be real with some of our belongings because I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to dream hoard and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So it's not like hoarding where you're going, oh, well, that's useless and nobody would find use for that. That's not what I do. I hoard perfectly usable items. However, they are things I will never use. But because they're so amazing, I have a hard time letting go of them. Because I'm not just letting go of that item. I'm letting go of the plan, the dream, the expectation of the activity that I had assigned to go with that item. So for example, I really like the idea of scrapbooking. And for years, I collected papers and punches and like all the things. I went to so many creative memories parties. And then I realized that's not like, I like the idea of it, but I'm not one to sit down and spend half an hour putting together a page. I did put together some really great pages of stuff that I do for my kids in their albums. And I, and I have one for me as well, but I'm more of a put it all in. I can't even remember chat books. That's what it's called. It's called chat books and it'll pull um, photos off your camera roll and some of your social media, and you can put it in a book complete with the caption. So if it pulls it off your social media, it will pull the caption that you put on that photo into the book. And I think you can, it's, it's like a kind of a, you can do it one, a piece at a time or you can do, they're not very expensive. I think I pay like $10 or $15 for a book. And it's like, you can get different sizes. I always get the eight inch by eight inch ones and you can put 60 pictures in there and you can make as many books as you want and they ship right to your door and it's beautiful. And then you can line them up all on your shelf and they're all perfect. And no, do they have all the little embellishments that paper scrapbooking has? No, they don't. But here's the thing. I also don't have to take up my whole house with giant scrapbook albums 
and all the papers and all the punches and all the tools and all the ribbons and all the stickers and all the all the all the all the all the all the because that took up a lot of room and it cost a lot of money and so a few years back I decided that I was going to let go of the person I thought I was that was going to do that all the time because it was always when I have enough time you know, when I have a day off, blah, 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 this is what I'm going to do. And I just never did. Because when I had the time and when I had a day off, I did other things. And so I really had to come to the self-realization that there's nothing wrong with paper scrapbooking. And I can love it as much as I want to, but I needed to be real with the fact that that wasn't something I was going to spend my time doing. Because I had the, I had the equipment I had the supplies and I had the time and that was still not what I was choosing to do with that time. So I let it all go. I sold it, actually made a quite a pretty penny from it. Obviously you don't get all your money back, but that's not the point. Um, and it was very freeing because then I let go of that, well, I should be scrapbooking because I have all this stuff. I let go of that guilt too. And that was very freeing. So now I need to do that with some other things too because some things I just don't want to do anymore. And there's other things that I have kind of been holding on to that's like, okay, no, but I really do want to do that now and I'm going to start doing that. And so now it needs to be more accessible and more organized and it needs to not be surrounded by clutter of stuff that I was going to do five years ago, but now I'm not going to and I'm never going to because that's not something I want to do. And I kind of have to do that throughout my whole house and I have to do it in my kitchen with kitchen appliances and gadgets and dishes because I'm a different person than I was five years ago. And I have different wants and I have different needs and I have different cooking styles than I did five years ago. And so I need to have all of my spaces reflect who I am now, not some imaginary person that I have envisioned. Because that doesn't serve because first of all it fills you with guilt because you're not doing the thing that this imaginary person like oh i'm not scrapbooking or i'm not doing this or i'm not rug hooking or i'm not you know doing macrame plant hangers if that's not what you want to do with your time it's totally fine and it's totally fine to have all the stuff to do that hobby and decide you just don't want to do it it's totally fine we can change our minds but don't fall into the trap of keeping the stuff around your house to take up space because your house is not a storage unit. So that's kind of what my March is going to look like going through my house. I'm going to go through clothing, bedding, towels, kitchen gadgets. I really need to get a hand on my mudder because it's kind of a dumping ground. Uh, so it's a more functional space so that when I go in there, I can find what I'm looking for and I don't have to be digging and there's not duplicates or I don't end up buying duplicates because I couldn't find the one that I know that I have. That kind of arranging. And I think when I, you know, take the donations, because I'm going to donate everything that's not, not usable, because I don't think I'm going to take the time to sell any anything. So I'm going to bring some stuff out to the farm, like kitchen stuff will probably come out to the farm. But everything else... I think I'm just going to do a big run to Goodwill and just drop everything off and because it's, you know, it's good to donate. And then 
I will have everything where it needs to be in my house. Because my goal for my house is, you know, that age old adage, you know, a place for everything and everything in its place. There is a reason that that is so profound. It's because it really works. Because think about it. Think about it on a small scale. If I asked you right now, go get me a teaspoon, you would know exactly where in your house to go. It would, you would go into your kitchen and it, there's a silverware drawer, probably with a silverware organizer in it, and there's teaspoons. Or um, maybe you have like a caddy on the counter that you hold your silverware in. I do, that's how I use mine. And again, I can go right to it and get a teaspoon. I don't have to look, I don't have to think, and there's always, that's always, like the teaspoons are never, like I'm never finding a pile of teaspoons in the bathroom. I'm never finding a pile of teaspoons at the back door or out the shed. So, and here's the other thing. We never worry about finding teaspoons because we know exactly where they are. They're in the teaspoon holder place. And when we set up our whole house like that, so when we're going, oh, I need a face cloth, there it is. Oh, I need a bath towel, that's where it is. Oh, hey, I'm looking for the Armor All wipes for the car. And you know exactly where they are. I'm looking for mosquito spray because we're going on a hike. You know exactly where it is. I'm looking for a flathead screwdriver to take off a switch plate so I can paint a room. You know exactly where it is. You get the idea. Because knowing where everything is and being able to walk right to that location and get it, first of all, saves us time because we're not hunting around looking for it. Second of all, it really brings us comfort because we never then worry about the location of that item because we know exactly where it is. And because we know exactly, like, do you, do you wake up in the middle of the night wondering like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm going to be able to find a teaspoon tomorrow. Or I wonder where I put the teaspoons. Or I wonder where so-and-so put the, everybody knows where the teaspoons are. So we don't think about it. We just go to them, get, we just go there, pick up a teaspoon and use it. And there's no worry attached to it. And if we could get that going for everything in our house, first of all, the stress level would be just evaporating. But it also makes it easier to operate in our house because all the tools are where they need to be. It's easier to clean our house because nothing's lying around or in a spot it shouldn't be. We're not going to buy duplicates because we can walk right over to the teaspoons and see, oh, we have enough teaspoons, so we don't need to buy more. Or we have enough flathead screwdrivers, we don't need to buy more. Or, hey, we've got two cans of off, so we don't need to buy any more bug spray before we go on our next hike because I can see that we have two cans. And so we're not wasting money, we're not wasting time, we're not wasting effort, and we're not wasting our worry power on things that we shouldn't because everything should be in its place. So there, there's really something to be said for that mantra. And so that is my goal, because if I can get everything to work like that in my house, then come springtime when I'm outside, and I'm done being outside for the day, and I'm coming in and I'm gonna quickly whip up a dinner or throw laundry in, I'm not going, oh, hey, where do we have this? Do we have that? Oh, did we remember to buy this? Or, you know, there's not a whole bunch of running around. I can just literally come in, put a supper on, maybe throw a load of laundry in, and then relax. And 
my house will not feel chaotic inside. Not that it's super chaotic, it just needs to be tightened up a bit. But my idea is, because I hate when this happens every summer, and I don't know if it happens to you, but I'll spend the day outside and I'll be enjoying, like, you know, transplanting plants and making flower beds look nice and the pots and it's like oh the color and the the pride because I've grown that from seedling and it just looks beautiful and I'm just so proud of everything and look outside maybe I've mowed the lawn and weed whacked and put the garbage out and everything's just neat and tidy outside and just looking great you know and then I put my garden tools away and I and I grab my water glass and I come inside because I'm like oh I worked hard and I'm I'm gonna you know go inside and you know, have a meal and relax and I come inside and it's messy and it's not organized. And so that feeling of joy and pride that I was just feeling about a job well done outside is now kind of crushed a little bit because I come inside and, oh, there's piles on the table and there's stuff in the corner and there's dishes in the sink and I need to get it all. And then you kind of like, oh, that doesn't feel good. So I'm trying to get rid of that feeling. And what I think is if I lessen the amount of stuff that's in my house that everything will more easily have a place to reside and because it will more easily have a place to reside that it will reside in those places thus freeing up the space in the room itself of clutter and as we all know a clutter free room can be cleaned up in a minute so now think of that same moment you've come inside after planting the seedlings and you've mowed the lawn and you've put the watering cans away and everything you come inside and you come into that same living room and there's nothing on the tables that shouldn't be there's nothing in piled in the corner that shouldn't be the floor is clear and it's just furniture and like tv stand kind of thing and that's it even if you say to yourself, oh, I should give this room a quick clean before I make supper, how long is that going to take you? What? A couple of minutes to wipe off the surfaces with a damp cloth or dust it, depending on you know what method you're using, and then a few minutes to vacuum the room, and then you're done, and then it's off to make supper. It's not taking you hours to put stuff away and declutter and make it look tidy and then clean it. It's quick you know, five, 10 minutes in there. And then you're, and then you're going to make your supper and throw your little laundry in and relaxing for the rest of the evening. And you feel good. And you haven't lost any of that good feeling of the hard work that you're outside. You just kind of transferred it inside. And that's what I'm going for. So that is my, that is my, what's the word I'm looking for? That is the overriding desire behind what my actions are going to be in March. So as I'm decluttering and putting stuff in its place, which I, like I said, I've already started doing it, you know, kind of superficially. I am going to be doing it with the mindset of when I'm finished putting everything away, A, can it easily be accessed from that spot to get the item and then return it back there or is it a whole, like, because what you don't want to do is, because I, again, I've done this, where, you, where you're like, I'm just going to go buy a bunch of totes and it will store so easily and then it's out of sight, out of mind. 
First of all, you'll forget what's in the totes. Second of all, what if the thing you need is on the bottom tote? Let me tell you what's going to happen. You might get it out of the tote, but then you're going to have totes all over the place because you're like, well, I I don't want to put all the totes back because that thing goes in the bottom tote. And so you're going to have totes around the room. And then you might put it back in the bottom tote and stack the other totes back on top when you're done, but probably not. And so that thing, you might go, you know what, I'll just put the other totes on top and then I'll put the thing away in the bottom tote tomorrow. And tomorrow turns into six months later. And I know because I've done it. So when you're finding a space for your items, is it a space like your teaspoons? You can walk over, retrieve the item, use it, and then put it right back. And it doesn't feel like it's a slog because that's how it will make it easier for you. So whatever that looks like, and maybe clear, and maybe totes won't work for you, but maybe clear bins will. I have my seasonal decor in clear bins and they are stacked on top of each other. And you know what? I will take them down, open the one that I need, take the piece in and out that I need and put it back and stack them back up on top of each other. And it's the only difference is, is that they're clear. It's because I can see in them, but I'm doing what works for me. And that's what we need to do in our homes. So maybe what works for you is having a drawer organizer for your silverware. And maybe you're like me and you need a little caddy on the counter. Maybe what works for you is hanging up all your clothes. Maybe what works for you is putting them all in a dresser. Maybe what works for you is having everything behind closed doors. Maybe what works for you is having everything open to the eye. Whatever works for you. But my, like I said, my plan is to get everything in my house where it can be easily accessed, easily used, and then easily returned to its living spot. So that when I am cleaning my house, I am not tidying it first. Because those of you who can tidy a room and then clean it, there's a special place in heaven for you. I'll tell you that much. And, and I know some of you are going, oh, well, that's easy. We all have our thing. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that my thing is laundry. Like it is nothing for me to wash, dry, fold, and put away several loads. It doesn't bother me. I actually enjoy it. And there's some people that will get the dry heaves when I even talk about that because they're like, how can you do that? And that's kind of how I am with the whole tidy your room and then clean it. Because I find once I'm done tidying your room, I'm done with it. And it's like, don't ask me to now clean this space. I've used all my energy to tidy it. So I am on a personal journey so that I don't have to do that. Because I'm really good at cleaning a tidied room. Like if a room is tidy, I can go in there in 10 minutes. It is scrubbed clean. And so I'm trying to get my house to that level before spring so that I can spend all of those glorious hours outside gardening and designing and building stuff. And then at the end of the day, I can come in and if something needs to be cleaned, it's 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, make a meal throw a load of laundry on and I can feel like the inside of my house and the outside of my house are staying kind of on an even keel 
Because in previous years, what happens is, is my hel- inside of my house goes to hell in a handbasket during gardening season. And I know some of you can relate to that. So I will be sharing some helpful tips along the way. If you're not already following me on Instagram, like I said, my handle is at seven Martians on Mars. You'll be able to see the daily pictures. I have been decluttering spaces. I will be showing more of that. I'll be showing you decor pieces that I'm kind of shopping my own home for and putting them in different spots to decorate newly cleaned and organized spaces. You will see that. You will see my gardening adventures. So my seeds starting, what I'm starting, how I'm starting it, transplanting, all of that. So I do suggest you follow me on Instagram. Also, I'm putting out more digital products. I have a digital planner there. The gardening planner is coming out. It should be out this week. It was supposed to be out before, but I got really sick. So that got delayed. And everything that is digital on my Etsy store, which is Mama Mentor. So just like the podcast without the word podcast. So that's where I have my digital planner. That's where the the gardening planners are going to be out. That's where the other digital products that you know are seasonal for your house for your kids for budgeting for meal planning for savings all those kind of things are going to be on there and I do have a promo code for all of my podcast listeners and you'll get 50% off of any digital product on my store on Etsy and the promo code is podcast so just type that in and you'll get 50% off your entire order of digital products and it's just a little bit of a thank you for those people who have been tuning in and listening to me and keep going back there and keep seeing what's on there because more products are going to be added continually I have a whole bunch of stuff for St. Patrick's Day and for Easter and for gardening and for spring and for end of school and throughout the year there's going to be a continual addition of things and you will always be able to use that promo code podcast to get 50% off any digital products. So I hope you guys will take a look at what's in the store and see what you like and keep checking back. I will try to announce as new products hit my Etsy store, I will try to announce them on the podcast so you don't feel like you have to kind of babysit the, the Etsy store. You know, you can just kind of wait for the announcements. But I hope you guys are having a wonderful ending to your winter because that's what I'm choosing to believe that we're in right now is the ending of winter. I hope you guys are doing good. I would love to hear about your plans for spring. And as always, take what works and toss the rest because life's too short to be told what to do. So tune in next time because we are going to be talking about all kinds of things spring and I'll have a new project up for you of what I'm doing around my house we're going to start the first project and the first project of the the ruthless decluttering is going to be my home office and so I'm going to tell you about what I kept and what I tossed well not really tossed because I'm donating it and why and maybe it will inspire you to go through some of your belongings and follow on this journey with me so that your house can be more functional, so you don't have to do as much tidying when you clean. 
As always, have a wonderful week. Love you tons, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.